morning, Cathedral Faith. We are so glad that you guys are able to come out and be here with us today. Psalm 95, verse 1 through 2, it says, Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to him with thanksgiving and let us sing songs of praise to him. So I'd like to invite you to stand up as we begin worship today. Come on, let's go. Cathedral of faith, somebody shout hallelujah. Your hands together with them like this. Let's go, let's go. Whoa. Praise the Lord. 
Father God, we just thank you so much for allowing us to be in your presence, for inviting us to be in this moment together. We just look forward to what you have designed and desire to do in us, and through us, and with us today. As we gather, I pray, Lord, that you would receive all glory and all honor and all praise. And I pray that everyone gathers, everyone that watches, that, Lord, they would encounter your spirit in a life-transformative way. God, I pray that you would lift us in this moment, that you would inspire us, that you would unveil just a little bit more of your good news and your gospel message to us today as we gather. We love you, God. We celebrate the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And all of God's people shouted in this moment, amen and amen. Can we put our hands together? Somebody shout hallelujah. Let's worship him today. God, we acknowledge your presence here today.
Come on, praise his name in this place. Lift your praise to the Lord. We honor him today. He's conquered all our battles, everything that we're going through. We give all honor to him. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We praise you. Begin to open up your mouth. Begin to give him praise. Call upon the name of the Lord. Yes. When I Come on, lift your voice, lift your voice. Come on. And then I lift my voice and shout. faith if you feel comfortable to do so would you just extend your hands heavenward for just a moment father god i pray lord over your people everyone in this room everyone locked in in this moment together god i pray that we would realize that you're putting a crown of confidence over us confidence to stand and that confidence is not in what we have done or not done, or what we are able to do or not do, but it's the confidence that you are enough. You are enough. 
your righteousness is enough your victory is enough and father i pray lord that that would give us the confidence to stand in this day to boldly proclaim what we believe to live out what we believe and to be who you've called us to be in the earth god i pray for someone today that has lost their confidence they don't know where they stand with you and that caused them to know, not know where they stand with others. But Lord, when we, we can get ourselves into alignment with you, when you know you're right with the king, it doesn't matter who you stand before, you know that your king has got you. So Father, I pray, Lord, over your people today, Lord, that that kind of confidence would be theirs Lord, that they would realize that they stand victorious in Jesus Christ against everything that has been said against them, every lie that they've believed, every lie that they've acted out. God, we pray, Lord, that they would receive the victory that comes with the surrender. So, Lord, in this moment, God, I pray that we give us courage to stand, give us confidence to stand, to know who we are in Christ because we know whose we are in Christ. In Jesus' name, we love you. We bless you. You are the champion. You are the hero. You are the Savior. You are the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks be to God who has given us this victory. In Jesus' name, all of God's people shouted amen and amen. Could you look at your neighbor? And tell them, you are victorious in Jesus Christ. Look at your other neighbor. You are victorious in Jesus Christ. Well, good morning, Cathedral Faith family. Isn't it a beautiful day to be in the house of the Lord? want to give you a great big Cathedral of Faith welcome. Welcome to all those folks watching online and all around this great Cathedral of Faith campus. We're so glad you're here. And our prayers before you leave today, you will know how much God really loves you and how much you matter to God. And please make yourself at home because this is your Father's house. Amen. Well, if you're new to Cathedral Faith, whether this is your very first Sunday, you've been coming for several months and you haven't done so, I want to encourage you to take the card that's in front, in the seat back in front of you and scan the, the card with your phone. Take a moment just to complete the information and uh, we want to get to know you better. And if you don't have a phone, you can just do it the old school way, just a pen and write it down and drop it off uh, to one of our guest centers right after service. A lot of exciting things are coming up here, Dr. Wayne, in May. That's right. Tell us about it. So one important truth that we get reminded of every time we come here in church is you are not alone. Turn to somebody next to you and say, I am not alone. I am not and alone. here's why. The Lord is with you. Amen? The Lord is with you. But not only is he with you, we're here to be with you too. But we can't be with you if you're not here. So here are some things that you can come out and experience the witness of God and the witness of the people of God. This Saturday, there's a prayer breakfast for ladies. All the ladies in the house? Yeah, come out this week. You'll be encouraged. You'll be in strength and you'll have a nice meal together. I encourage you to sign up in the foyer afterwards or go online. It's a great way to experience the presence of God. For those of you who are moms especially, on May 14th, Mother's Day, Sheila Walsh will be here with us. She is a powerful speaker, television host, international communicator, author, singer. She's going to be here. So I encourage all of you, bring your mom. And if you're a mom, say to your kids, hey, you know what I want for Mother's Day? I want you to come to church with me. Because it'd be a great time to hear from the Lord and let the Lord bless you. We also have a great truth here at Cathedral of Faith. We've been blessed to be a blessing. And you have an opportunity to do that 
and a concert coming up. We're having a concert to raise money for reaching out ministry. So you can come be blessed by the ministry and be a blessing by being here as well. Take a look at the video. Can I have your attention, please? Good morning. Beautiful people of Cathedral of Faith, San Jose, California. Oh my God. It's Christian Dentley of Take Six, and I brought my good God blessed praise tambourine all the way over here to Poland to encourage you to scan this QR code in Jesus' name. Whoa, scan this QR code in Jesus' name. Say we gon' make a difference. San Jose won't be the same. But you gotta scan this QR code in Jesus' name. Gotta praise him. Don't miss this incredible benefit concert when Take Six and our friends join with Reaching Out to help continue to make a difference in the San Jose community. And I beseech you by the mercies of God. Don't wait to get your tickets, people. Get them today. Scan this QR code and get your tickets right now and join us for this amazing benefit event. Scan the QR code. Love you guys, and we'll see you on Tuesday night, May 16th. Somebody give them a kielbasa praise, huh? Mark your calendar. It's going to be a great night of worship and praise and celebration, but also a way to bless our community. Also in May, on the third Sunday, is what we call International Weekend. It's our celebration of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, people from all kinds of languages and tribes gather together. And here at Cathedral, people are born in 55 different nations. And so we want to celebrate that. Come out wearing your garb, of whatever that would mean to you, of your background. And also, if you would like to be serving that weekend, we have room for people to carry flags, to sing, to dance, to be part of serving in a wide variety of ways. Sign up afterwards in the foyer. And also, one more item coming up is our single adult conference. We've spent a lot of time in prayer preparing for this. Ed and Ruth Silvoso are gonna kick off the conference. It's a time for people to come out and be encouraged. If you're single, we want you there. If you're married, you would enjoy it too. It's about becoming the one and it will be a great time of ministry. One last thing. Excuse me. <clears throat> if you're interested in serving, we have a team going to the Philippines in September. We have a campus there that's been there celebrating 10 years. If you especially have some construction background, laying tile, leadership, working with children, applications are in the back center wall. We'd love to have you join us. There's a lot of trips coming up. Mozambique. Pastor Kurt's Cambodia. going to Cambodia. And in fact, Pastor Kurt and I are going to be leading another group to the Holy Land in 2025. So we're hoping you'll join yeah. us for that. So a lot of great opportunities, right, Pastor Kurt? A lot Kurt? of exciting things. May is truly going to be amazing. want to encourage you, if you haven't done so already, please download the Cathedral Faith app or follow us on social media so you can stay connected to all the latest and greatest happenings here at Cathedral. Well, I just want to take a moment to say thank you to all the church family for living out the love, especially during the Easter season, to really make Cathedral Faith a place where everyone is welcome, where the love is lived out, and where anything is possible. During the Easter season, we saw hundreds and hundreds of people move from being fans of Jesus to becoming followers of Jesus. Amen? Thank you for all the ways that you give. You can give online, you can give through the Cathedral app, or you can give at the end of service to one of the ushers on your way out. But thank you for all the ways that you give to help us be a blessing. And let's continue to believe that God's going to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can Amen. ask or imagine. Amen. 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 Well, I hope you're ready to receive the word. My brother has a great word of the Lord as we kick off this new series, The Power of a Story. Cathedral family. It's great to see everybody today. Praise God. 
Oh, God is good. And all the time. Thanks so much for being here, whether you're on site or, or watching online. If you're in the building, outside the building, thanks so much. And I have to tell you, did you know I could have a granddaughter any minute? Yeah. That's what grandparents do. We talk about our grandkids, our grandkids that are on the way. And can I tell you about her room? It is so cute. She's got pink blankets and she's got pink shoes and she's got this pink Raider onesie. I am so bad. I'm so bad. But she also has this painting in her room and the painting is an of a iconic story. You'll remember this story. It's about a young lady who with an extreme makeover from her fairy godmother and some help from a four and a half size glass slipper, she ends up going from rags to riches, from the outhouse to the penthouse. Anybody know what story I'm talking about? Cinderella, that's right. Did you know that Cinderella has over 1,500 traditional versions? They date back all the way to the ancient Egyptian writings to the 9th century in China, to the 17th century in France, and then, of course, there's the 1950 version of Disney, which is the one that I saw. And that 1950s version, that was a big risk for Disney Studios. At the time, they were in debt, $4 million in debt. And if they would have made this movie and it would have flopped, they would have had to not do any more feature films and close down their animation department. But they stepped out in faith, took the risk, and it was such a big hit. They made it for $3 million. They grossed over $85 million. And that was when $85 million was $85 million. <laughs> There's something about an iconic story it can awaken the imagination. It can inspire the human spirit. And it can stand the test of time. And that's why I'm so excited about this new series called The Power of Story. Because it seems to me the best storyteller in human history is Jesus Christ. He knew the power of story, and so he would often use story to communicate the most important truth of all. In fact, in the book of Mark, we read this about the teaching method of Jesus. It said, Jesus used many similar stories and illustrations to teach the people as much as they could understand. In fact, in his public ministry, he never taught, he never taught without using a parable. That's the power of story. And so today, as we jump into this new series, we turn to a story which, well, the big idea of the story can be seen in this picture right up here. I keep this picture on my desk at work. I really do. That no matter how old I get, keep stretching. Say that with me. Keep stretching. Would you stand with me, please? for the reading of the scripture. In Luke chapter five, Jesus gives us a story. He says, no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the new wine would burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in what? New wineskins. But no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine, they say, and yes, we do. Heavenly Father, thank you for this moment in time. Thank you for this wonderful cathedral family and friends and guests that are with us. Thank you for giving us another day to come together and meet in this moment. And I pray that over the next few minutes, there'll be a lot of things that are said, but help us to hear the, the one thing that we need to hear. Do what only you can do by the power of your spirit. 
take your eternal truth, apply it to each of our lives so that our lives can be genuinely different this week because we've met you in this moment. Start with me, oh God. And we pray this in Jesus' name for Jesus' glory. All God's people said, amen. Amen. Let's give God praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for this amazing day. Again, the big idea for the message, don't miss it, is, well, let me show you another picture. This guy right here. (laughs) Keep stretching. Before you're seated, tell somebody, keep stretching. Go ahead. Keep stretching. Don't want you to miss it. Keep stretching. Keep stretching. Uh, Tomorrow, someone, uh, a friend of mine for Christmas, gave me a certificate to one of these places called the Stretch Lab. Apparently, you go in there. I have an appointment tomorrow. You go in there, and for an hour, they stretch you out, and the stretching is supposed to be good for you. It's supposed to, well, it's supposed to uh, increase your range of motion, give you better balance so that you'll be less prone to falls, and I need all the help I can get. And so stretching is good for the body, and according to Jesus, listen to this, stretching is also good for the soul. The religious leaders in the first century when Jesus showed up, they had lost their flexibility. So when Jesus had new ideas and new concepts and new ways and new methods, it just rocks their boat. The religious leaders are not happy at all. Jesus is healing people on the wrong day. He's hanging out with the wrong kinds of people. He's feasting at the wrong times. And this was way outside the box for them. And so Jesus tells them a story, the power of story. He tells them a story about new wine and new wineskins and old wine and old wineskins. Back in the first century, the way they made wine was this. They would grow the grapes, then they would harvest the grapes. Then they would stomp the grapes. And then they would put the juice from those grapes into a vat. And then they would store it in that vat for a week. And then they would pour the juice into animal skins and close up the animal skin for a year. And while the wine was inside that animal skin, it would ferment. And as it would ferment, it would stretch the skin. Now, if it was a new wineskin, the wineskin had plenty of stretch in it, and it could accommodate the new wine. But if it was an old wineskin, that meant it had already been stretched out. So when the wine started to ferment, it would ruin the wine and break open the skin. And Jesus tells this story to show us the power of the new. That when you become a follower of Jesus, it means being open to the new, a new idea, a new concept, a new dream, being open to the new, a new way, a new goal, a new door. As a follower of Jesus, I become open to the new. In other words, Jesus wants to be, well, he wants us to be new wineskins and not old bags. Hello! (laughs) New wineskins. The Bible has a lot to say about the value of the new. When you read through the scriptures, you find in Psalm 96.1, sing to the Lord what kind of song? A new song. Ezekiel says, God says, I will give you a what kind of heart? A new heart. God says, see, I am doing what kind of thing? A new thing. God says, I will make what kind of covenant? A new covenant with his people. And it continues in the New Testament. We see what kind of creation has come? A new creation has come. And then we see in Hebrews that we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. By what kind of way? 
a new and living way. And then one of the last things we read about in the Bible at the end of the book of Revelation, Jesus says, behold, I am making all things what? New. I'm making all things what? That there's power in the new, that God is at work doing the new. Let me ask you a question. Are you open to God doing something new in your life? Are you really? Because there's this tendency in all of us, there's just this tendency to lose our flexibility and to resist the new. Jesus points out that tendency. We read it a moment ago. In Luke, he says, no one after drinking old wine wants the new, for they say, the old is better. There's this one toddler, and the toddler says this, this is my resisting change face. Please carry on. (laughs) There's a tendency in human nature, there just is, to resist the new. For example, does anybody remember what this is? If you're under 30, Google it. It's a VHS tape. This is how we used to have movie night. Do you remember how it went? You drive to the store, check out the shelves, pick out a film, go show your membership card at the counter. And then you would bring this home, pop it into the machine and watch your movie. Now, of course, the king of video rentals back then was a company called Blockbuster. They had over 9,000 stores nationwide. And then there's this new startup that comes along and they have a different idea. They come up with the idea for a subscription service where you don't have any late fees And they present the proposal to Blockbuster and they ask about a partnership. And Blockbuster laughs them out of the office. Blockbuster doubles down on its old strategy and in the end, Blockbuster files for bankruptcy and this new startup by the name of Netflix, I wonder who's laughing now. But there is this tendency to resist the new. This is especially true when it comes to church life and their church world. For example, a while back, there was a song that came out and when it came out, it was a Christian song, but boy, did it get a lot of blowback. They thought this thing is too wild and crazy. In fact, one person wrote this about this crazy new Christian song. It said, this song selection sounded like a sentimental love ballad you would hear in this saloon. The hymns that we grew up with are all we need. Now I read that and I'm thinking, oh my, that song must have been really wild. Tommy, can you help me out? It must have sounded something like this. How about a nice hand for Tommy, the maestro? I mean, this song must have really been rocking to get that kind of response. And yet the reality is the song actually went like this. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, that was too radical to play in church because there's this tendency in all of us to resist the new. So what can we do? How can we stay flexible? How can we keep stretching? God wants to do something new in our lives. I believe that with all my heart. But how can we stay open to the new? Here are three ideas to think about. Three suggestions. I encourage you to write them down. The first one is this, learn to celebrate your past without living in the past. Learn to celebrate your past without living in the past. There was this certain college class, they were graduating, it was a a hot and humid day, 
And so the president was handing out diplomas and as the student would walk by, when he shook their hand, he would say, congratulations. But as they continued, he would whisper to them, now keep moving. Congratulations, keep moving. And I was thinking, we had to post that on our mirrors to remind us. Celebrate the past, but don't live in the past. Congratulations, but keep moving. It's good to celebrate the past. You need to take time to celebrate the past, to celebrate God's goodness in the past. I have not always been very good at this. I would have a victory and I wouldn't celebrate that victory. I'd just be running forward to where the next victory was gonna be. But God has taught me over the years, it's important to take time to celebrate the victory of God in your life. We don't even have to wait until we get home to do that, amen? Think about a victory, a victory that you've had in the past week or the past month or the past year. As a church family, we had an amazing victory over Easter weekend. There were thousands and thousands and thousands of people that came to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And even more important, hundreds and hundreds of people moved from being fans of Jesus to followers of Jesus. Can we celebrate a bit today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So congratulations, but keep moving. Celebrate the past, but don't live in the past. Don't live in the past. There are new victories that God has for you to win. And there are new ways that may be key to giving you those new victories. In fact, I felt especially prompted during my prayer time that this was for somebody, that God has a new victory for you, but it's gonna take a new method, a new way to achieve that victory. And if you're open to the new, there was a book I read a while back called Strength to Strength, From Strength to Strength. And it, the author, a uh, Harvard professor by the name of David Brooks. It's a book about how to be successful and satisfi satisfied in the last half of your life. And that's kind of where I'm at. I'm not at the two minute warning, but I am in the last half. <laughs> and he made an interesting observation. He says that there are really two kinds of intelligence that we have. He said that when you're in your 20s and 30s, you have an intelligence, he called it fluid intelligence. He said when you're in your 40s and 50s, he had what you call crystallized intelligence. And so in your 20s and 30s, you're able to do these kinds of things really well and you can climb the curve. But eventually that kind of intelligence starts to wane. And unless you're open to the new to jump to a different curve and exercise this kind of intelligence, you're on your way to decline, if you wanna to continue to be effective in your life, you have to be open to the new. In one quote, he put it this way. He said in the book, if we can bring that quote up, devote the back half of your life to serving others with your wisdom. Get old sharing the things you believe are most important. Excellence is always its own reward, and this is how you can be most excellent as you age. Celebrate your past, but don't live in the past. God has new victories for you to achieve. That's one idea. Here's another suggestion I'd like to give you. Learn to grow old without getting old. Learn to grow old without getting old. Have you ever been stuck in a rut? I saw this one sheep and it gets stuck in a rut and you can see it up here, and I identify with the sheep. It's stuck in a rut. Somebody's trying to help it out of the rut, and look at it. It's finally getting, it was wedged way down there. Look at it, it's out of the rut. How awesome is that? And, oh. Don't you hate when that happens? And I've noticed as I've gotten older, I can have a tendency to get stuck in the rut. 
my mind gets older, my body gets older, my marriage gets older, my job gets older, my walk with God gets older. And before I know it, I have my routines, but then those routines turn into ruts, and now there's no life in the routine. And so that's what I want to challenge you. The cathedral challenge for this week is right here. If you're stuck in a rut, even if you're not stuck in a rut, I want you to try something new. Doesn't have to be dramatic. Drive a new way to work. Order something new on the menu. In fact, I had an idea this wasn't planned. I'm going to ask everybody to stand up right now for just a moment. If everyone would stand up right now. This may cause total chaos, but I'm going to ask you to work with me on it because some of us, every week when we come to church, we sit in exactly the same seat. <laughs> exactly. I'm not talking about one or two. So I want you just, it doesn't have to be this massive state of confusion, but just move one seat. You can exchange a seat. You can move one seat over. Just change to a new seat. Wow. Look at all of these people who are open to the new. <laughs> yeah, give yourself a hand, Cathedral. Yeah. Woo. You can be seated. Didn't that feel, well, invigorating? I want that to get in your spirit. It was uncomfortable. We'll come to that in a moment. But I want it to get in your spirit. There was a man in the Bible by the name of Caleb. Now, Caleb, you may not know much about him, but he was one of these 12 spies that the Israelites sent into the, the promised land to see how the land was. And he came back and he said, look, I've seen the land, it's awesome, we can take it. But the people didn't believe him. And because they didn't believe, they didn't receive. And for 40 years, they wander in the wilderness. And you think, well, that's the last we'll hear of Caleb, or is it? We read about him again. He's 85 years old. 45 years later, they are in the promised land and he has this one set of hills that has been promised to him, but he's gonna to have to battle to take it. So at 85 years old, here is what Caleb says. He says, give me that hill country that the Lord has promised me. Give me that mountain, say that with me. Give me that mountain. At 85, I'd be saying, give me that armchair. <laughs> Caleb's saying, give me that mountain. That's how you grow old without getting old. There's a lady in our church. She's an amazing lady. And she felt a nudge that God was calling her into ministry. Now she's been, had another profession for her entire life. But she sensed that God was not finished with her. What if she was just getting started? So she had this nudge to get involved in ministry and she felt what she needed to do was go back to school. And so she's taking Bible classes right here on our campus. Think about that. Yeah, isn't that great? English isn't her first language and yet she's still taking Bible classes. She'd been out of a school a long time. It's difficult to jump back in, and yet she's still taking Bible classes. I won't tell you how old she is, that wouldn't be polite, but she's in the ballpark of my age, and yet she's still taking classes. God is not finished with her yet. God is just getting started. And her example is so inspiring to me. Friend, we can grow old without getting old. God is not finished with you yet. Let's give him praise, amen. So proud, 
so proud. So proud. Now that brings us to the last idea, and then we'll wind things up. This last idea has to do with stepping out in faith without being stuck in your fear. In the world of nature, eagles are born, and when they're born, they're born in a nest, and, and the nest is where they're safe. It's where they're comfortable. It's what they know. It's what they're used to. But there comes a point, there comes a point where the bird has to get out of the nest. So the bird will move right to the edge of the nest, see all that space underneath them. And I was wondering, do you think that eagle gets anxiety? Do you think it takes a Xanax? I don't know. Because I know when it comes to human beings, we all have a nest, all of us. No matter how old you are or how young you are, you have a nest. This is what you know. This is what's familiar. This is where you're comfortable. But in order to grow, God wants us to grow. In order to grow, we've got to get to the edge of the nest. And when we do that, whoa, it can cause anxiety. It can cause fear. It's natural to feel fear. It really is. It's not a question of whether you feel fear. It's what you do when you feel that fear that matters most, the religious leaders that Jesus told this story to, you know what? They were afraid of Jesus. They were afraid of his ideas. They were afraid of his methods. And what they did with that fear, they fanned it, they fostered it. And eventually that fear drove them to take Jesus and crucify the new to the cross. Fear can take you to some very dark places if you let it get the best of you. Instead, though, if you realize, look, the price of growth is to get out of my comfort zone, and if I do that, I'm gonna feel some fear. If instead you'll bring that fear to God, you'll fear the fear, feel the fear, and do it anyway. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Say that with me. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Take that step of faith. Open up those wings. See what happens. I had to do this recently. Now, when it comes to fear, I know what it is to feel fear. And if I foster the fear, if I fan the fear, if I feed the fear, then I will turn into a nervous Nelly. Ask my brother, it turns me into a nervous Nelly and I get stuck in the nest. But over the years, here's what I've learned to do. When I feel the fear, I bring it to God. I ask God to give me courage and I take the step of faith anyway. And recently, we all know that one of the leading challenges in our community is affordable housing. Can somebody say amen to that? This is a truth. Affordable housing has been a problem for years. In a cathedral of faith, there's a thing that we do. We don't like to just point out the problem. Anybody can point out the problem. We like to be a part of the solution. We may not be able to solve the whole problem, but we can be a part of the solution, amen? And so, during the pandemic of all times, when the opportunity opened up for us to team up to be a small part of the solution and build 240 affordable housing units for seniors and for families right here on our campus, the first thing I felt was fear. That was scary. It was the riskiest idea we had ever had since we first moved to this campus back in 1981. And yet I brought that fear to God. And I asked God to help me feel the fear and do it anyway. So we've taken a step of faith. We've opened our own wings. And all I can say is cathedral of faith, we'll see what happens. Are you ready to fly? I am ready to fly. Say that with me. I am ready to fly. Philippians chapter three says this. It says, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God 
through Christ Jesus is calling us. That is our mission today. Amen. I press on. I'm going to invite you to stand with me, please, wherever you're at. Let's stay locked in, those watching online. Stay locked in with me for just a moment. Close your eyes with me. If you'd say, Pastor Ken, I, I know about Jesus. I've heard about Jesus. I'm a fan. I really am. But I've never really surrendered my life to Jesus. This can be your moment. Every journey starts with a step. It's a step into the new. And if that's the decision you're making today, I just want to agree with you that this is your day. Would you lift up your hand and say, Pastor Ken, that's me. That's the decision I'm making today. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you up in the balcony. God sees your hand. God sees your heart. God bless you. Out in the amphitheater. God bless you. Those online. Lord Jesus, thank you for those who are even now putting their trust and confidence in you, receiving you as their savior and surrendering their lives to you. Thank you for loving us like you do. Thank you for making us a part of your family. And I pray for all of us, wherever we're at in our spiritual journey, as we stay open to the new, God, start with me. I know how I can become so rigid and inflexible. Jesus, let me have a heart that is pliable, able to stretch with the new wine that you want to pour into me. Lord, I pray that that's true for all of us, that we're ready for the new, open to the new, the new thing that you have for us. We'll keep stretching. Would you pray this after me? Lord Jesus, I'm ready for the new. I'm ready for the new thing. I'm ready for the new way. I'm ready for the new victory. In Jesus' name, for Jesus' glory. Amen and amen and amen. Let's give him praise. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Pastor Vaughn's going to come out and lead us in a great course as we prepare to wrap things up and go to the waters of baptism. Pastor Vaughn, would you lead us? Could you put your hands together with us like this? Sometimes on this journey, you get lost in my mistakes. To me, like weakness is a canvas for the street. And my story isn't over, my story's just begun. Failure won't define me, cause that's what my father does. Yes, failure won't define me, cause that's what my father does.
is your father's house. So the prodigals come home, the helpless find home. Love is on the move when the father's in the room. Prison doors fling wide, the dead come to life. Love is on the move when the father's in the room. ready to celebrate baptism. Before we do, this is our statement of faith, the Apostles' Creed. I invite you to say it with me, everybody. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. Can somebody say amen to that? He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen and amen and amen. This is what we believe. Hallelujah. And right now, we have Susie who's going to come and make that declaration of faith. Here you go, Suzanne, right over here. How about a big hand for Suzanne? Yeah. What a great moment this is as we make this profession of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Let me ask you, Suzanne, have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? You've surrendered your life to him. Upon that confession of faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, down with the old and up with the new. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to continue baptizing other folks right after, at, at the end of the service. Uh, just a couple quick things before I dismiss you. If, uh, if you need prayer, please come down front in the sanctuary. Our team will be down there to pray with you and pray for you. You matter to God and you matter to us. And then if you don't have to rush off, come and join us. We have several who are going to be baptized. We've had 30 or 40 today, I think, that are being baptized following Jesus, declaring their allegiance to him. Again, thanks so much for being here. Let me speak God's blessing over you as you go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. And I pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All God's people said, amen. God bless you as you go, Cathedral. Keep stretching. Keep stretching.